1990, two events dramatically changed my life. I gave my life to Jesus, which is one of the best things that happened to me. And a few months later, my mom decided to send me to London to further my studies. If I'm honest, I was a bit apprehensive and excited at the same time. London, yay! But apprehensive because it, mean, it meant leaving Nigeria to travel thousands of miles away from my family. And in the 1990s, they want the mobile phones. Mobile phones were not readily available. So communication with my family was quite infrequent. It was a very lonely time living by myself in London. But one thing sustained me, my newfound life in Christ. Jesus became to me a faithful friend and companion when I was lonely. My comfort when I was afraid and my strength when I was weak and wanted to go back to Africa. It was then that I learned to value my relationship with him. Above everything else, because he showed me then that he was and still is my present help in time of need. And you know what? I'm so proud to say that is why I serve him. Hallelujah, 30 years on. That tells you my age. And... I <laughs> And I'm so proud to serve Jesus, and I will serve him for the rest of my life. And I'm sure some of you would also have some stories to tell of how faithful he was to you. So we are starting a new series, and I'm excited because we're talking about walking. Our new series is about walking with Jesus. And this series, we are going to show you some of the spiritual blessings Christ have obtained for us through our salvation. We're going to be looking at what it means to walk with Jesus in prayer and in spirit, what it means to walk in authority and freedom in Christ. I'm so excited because the Bible is filled with examples of great men and women who walked intimately with God and did great exploits for him. And I hope the series will encourage you and empower us to go on and win great souls for God because that is the ultimate goal. So if you have a Bible with you, let's read Mark 1, 14 to 20. And we will also be looking at Mark 2, 13 to 17. The words will come up at the screen behind me. There. After John had been put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked along beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. 
When he had gone a little further, he saw James, sons of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Mark 2. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large, no, no, is that it? Yeah. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Athel, sitting in the tax collector booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous and not Sinners. Praise God. I just love what Mark, how Mark writes this in the Bible. When Jesus comes on the scene, we see the curtain close on the ministry of John the Baptist, and we see the inauguration of the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus comes on the scene, he says this, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The king of the kingdom has arrived with one mission statement. Repent and believe the good news. What was he saying here? The time has been fulfilled. In the Greek, it means the Kairos moment the strategic timing in the heavenly calendar for the ushering of the kingdom of God. And there was no time to waste. I love what Mark does here. Immediately, Jesus makes this statement. He goes straight into the calling of the disciples. There's no time to waste. Jesus sees Peter calls him, follow me, I will make you how. He says in other translation, he said, I'll make you a fisher of men. Come and follow me. He sees the sons of David, come and follow me. No time to waste. And the Bible says instantly, they left everything and followed him. What does this demonstrate to us? It shows us the call of God demands our immediate response. If you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're hearing my words today, he is calling you into a relationship with him. You might ask, why should I give my life to him? And my answer to you is this. Because you have tried everything else to fill the void in your life, and it hasn't worked. The only person who can fill that void is our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to answer that call today, 
an opportunity will be given to you at the end of the service. You can come to me or the pastoral team, anyone you've seen on stage here, to pray for you. For those of us who know Jesus and are followers of God, their call did not stop when he called you, when you said yes. God is still calling you. Jesus is still calling every single one of us. What is he calling us to? He is calling us into deeper waters. He's calling us into a place of intimacy. Because when he called Peter, what was he saying? I'll make you, I will make you a fisher of men. When he's calling, when you have said yes to him, what is it? He's calling you deeper so that the image of him will be seen in you. So that that is what you take to the world to talk about Jesus, to talk about him. Because certainly you will not be talking about yourself. Right? We're not going to be while preaching Jesus. So when we are in, when he calls you to come into close intimacy, he's teaching you. He's counseling you how to walk right so that you can make disciples of all nations. That was his mission. That's why the Bible says, the path of the righteous is like the morning star, sun, that shines ever brighter to the perfect day. We come as we are, but we do not stay as we are. If you track the lives of the disciples, you will see through their intimate, close relationship with Jesus, they became great and mighty men of God. They did great exploits for God. You and I are the beneficiaries of their faithfulness and hard work. So what is God calling you to? What is it that he's calling you to? I remember the time when God called me to preach. When I said yes to Jesus, it's funny that I'm even preaching on fishes of men because that is the first word that I had God say. He said, Candy, I will make you a fisher of men. I did not know what that meant. But what I felt was this. There was a sudden urge to preach God's work. I didn't even know the Bible that well. But being in Africa, you can preach anywhere. You can preach in a taxis. You know, you are free to preach anywhere. You, so I used to enter taxis and I would preach anywhere. I'll preach. I didn't even know what I was preaching. But when I came to London, that urge did not stop. And God began to disturb me. I was in my church. I said, God, I'm just here minding my own business. I was in St. Paul's church. Richard and Judy were witnesses. <laughs> I, I was in St. Paul's church, and that urge came upon me again and again. And I, went, I said, God, you know this is an Anglican church. There's no way the pastor is going to allow me, the priest is going to allow me to preach in this church, especially if I haven't gone to theological school or something. But you know, Oliver Ross was a man of the spirit. I, I plucked up the courage and I went to him. I said, you know, God is, I couldn't finish my sentence. He said, God is calling you, isn't it? And he began to tell me what God has been doing in my life. I said, okay. Within two weeks, I was preaching God's work in St. Paul's. I was nervous. And what Oliver used to do for me that time was he would stand at the edge of the at the end of the church, and he said, Candy, don't look at anybody, just preach to me, preach to me. And that's the way God used him to encourage me. And 30 years on, I am still preaching the word of God because I am not boasting, but I'm saying, I, 
I am not boasting, but I'm saying to you, if God calls you, the immediate response is what? Yes. And there are people sitting here that God is calling you. You feel that urge inside you. You know what you ought to do. The answer should be yes. Not only that, not only do we, do we give an immediate response, the life walking with Christ is also a sacrificial one. The walk with Jesus is a sacrificial one. Let's see what these disciples sacrificed. <clears throat> we are told in verse 19 and 20 of Mark 1, when they had gone a little further, Jesus saw sons of Zebedee and their brother in the boat preparing their nets. And look at this. They said, without delay, he called them. And the Bible says they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and followed him. When he called Levi, the sons of Athiel, sitting in the booth, he said, follow me. And the Bible again says, immediately, immediately he answered the call. Did you notice what they were doing? They were working. They were at work. Just like you in the office and Jesus comes by and says, well, follow me. <laughs> you have to go. Something like that. And they followed him. They sacrificed everything. Let me give you a glimpse of what our life in Christ ought to be. And Paul demonstrates this very well. Paul says this, of what Jesus had done in his life. He says this. In Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is our life. We live for him because we said yes to him. In light of what he became, in light of what he had become, he says this in, in Philippians. In light of what Jesus had done for him, he said this in Philippians 3.8. He says, I consider therefore everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. That is our new life in Christ. That is our mentality. That's how we ought to live. These things are recorded in Scripture for us to take up the same mantle as they did. Sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed to answer the call, the upward calling of God in your life. I don't know what you have been asked to sacrifice. But it doesn't matter. The question is, are you going to do it anyway? Are you going to sacrifice that relationship? You know, COVID has happened. And 
the church has become slack. The church, we've all become slack. Online is preferred to come into church. But online is not the same. Come to church and answer the call. Sacrifice that time to come to church. Sorry if you're online. <laughs> I'm sure you have a perfect excuse. <laughs> but, well, if you're ill, that's fine. But if you're able-bodied, let God be a priority in your life. Sacrifice that time, no matter how tired you are. Because if your employer calls you, no matter how tired you are, you still go to work anyway. So when it's Sunday, I'm tired. No, you have to go. God has to be our priority. Because the whole essence of this is to win souls for the kingdom. What are some of the practical things we should do in our new life? We must spend time in prayer. Because when you're, you're spending time with prayer, you're bathing intimacy with God. And sometimes, one of the practical ways of doing this is just remain silent before him. Sometimes silence is prayer. You don't always have to come to God with a bucket list of things you want. Just spend quiet in a quiet place before him, reverencing him. Father, I love you. Thank you for my life. You're a glorious God. And I'm telling you, if you do that, talk to me in three weeks, he will begin to speak to you. Because you have made, God speaks to those people who are close. Another thing, we must be students of the word. The Bible says, let the words of Christ dwell in you Richly. So that whatever we do, the wisdom of heaven is in operation. We don't go into a, we don't turn left or right without God guiding us. That means the Holy Spirit is ordering our steps. We have wisdom to solve difficult problems because we are rich. The word of God dwells in us richly. We know how to talk to our children because the word of God dwells with us richly. We know how to talk to someone to turn their life around because the word of God dwells in us richly. And this is one thing I want to emphasize. We must believe what God says we are. One of the things that we fail, we fail in our new life with Christ is this. We don't believe what God says. I was speaking to a friend the other day, and I asked her in preparing this, I said, she's my prayer partner, and I asked her, uh, are you a sinner? She said, yes. I said, uh-huh, come again? She said, yeah, I'm a sinner. I said, hang on, are you the righteousness of God, are you a sinner? Which one are you? You see, we identify, because we make mistakes, we identify with our old nature rather than what God has said. If you're in Christ, you're, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have right standing with me. But we often revert back to our old nature. 
And if we remain there, guess what? The enemy is happy. He holds us in bondage. He holds us in condemnation. That means neutralizing us, we can never walk effectively with Jesus as long as we identify with our old nature. But the Bible tells us in Corinthians that we are new creations. That's who we are. We are one spirit with God. So we must believe what the Bible says we are. Let's walk in our righteousness. And guess what? If you make a mistake tomorrow, repent of it. And this, as soon as you repent, let me tell you something we negate in this, in this equation. The blood of Jesus is forever cleansing us of our sins. It's always in operation. That's why God, the Bible tells us the sin matter has been dealt with. Even if you fall in it a thousand times and apologize to God or repent of it, you're cleansed. That's why we can always walk in our righteousness. Let us change our mentality on that. You are the righteousness of God. Confess it over yourself. Confess it over your children. Because the more you believe you are the righteousness of God, the more you will walk in it. You will walk in victory. But the more you identify with your old self, you're not going to do anything for God. I'm sorry to say that, but you won't. Because when they call you for prayer, you're drawing back. The devil will remind you, oh, remember what you did last night. Remember how you quarreled with your husband. Remember you're not worthy. But when Jesus, God says you are worthy because I died for you. I died for you. So this is what I want to communicate with us. Let us change our mentality. Because he is a savior who saved us and he's calling us into new grounds. And we are going to take on these new grounds in the name of Jesus. We are going to take on these new grounds in the name of Jesus. So let us embrace our new lives with new eyes, with new revelations. And in the beginning, I said, the girl that came from Africa, timid and shy, the transforming power of God enables me to preach in such boldness because I said yes. And he can do the same for you. And as I said before, if you are here or online and you haven't said yes to Jesus, let me just say a prayer for you right now. And then the band can come back and we're going to pray and respond to the word. Father, for that person who is watching, who is, has sought you, Lord Almighty God, in different ways, but they haven't found you. Lord, today you are calling that person. So if you are that person, I just pray, just say this after me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior because I know you have washed away all my sins. And as I'm saying this prayer right now, I have become a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen.